My, my job today, my job today is to get you excited about Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. I want you to be like, oh, I can't wait till yes, tomorrow to read. Let's read, let's do it today. Let's work ahead. That's my goal today. Because uh, we have another pastor here. His name is Jeremy. And he is not going to be preaching for three months. He is a very much needed break for him, sabbatical. In fact, right now he's not even here today because he's driving back from Joplin, Missouri. His son is looking at Ozark Bible College. And so pray for him. Snow between here and Albuquerque and Joplin. Uh, hopefully he can get home safely and because um, he wants to see Clemson tomorrow in the National College Championship at my house, actually. Anyway, so um, so for the next three months, you're going to listen to me about Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. And I, I love the way God works because I love history. And these three books are narrative history. And I love maps. I love talk day. We're going to have five maps. Okay? So, I poor Alana back there. I go, okay, I've got all these maps. Can you download them all? She's like, ah! Okay. But she, she did. Awesome. But uh, let's just dive into this. So Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. Where are we at? Joshua begins. By the way, Joshua starts the historical books. That we find in the Old Testament. And there are 12 of them. Joshua was the first one. After the Pentateuch. Now Joshua is transitional. From the Pentateuch. The Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. And Deuteronomy. The five books of Torah. Into Joshua. Sometimes Joshua is seen as part of. That first grouping. It's, it's not the Pentateuch then. It would be a. Hexateuch. Whatever. Anyway. Um. It's very transitional because you have Moses at the end in Deuteronomy dying. But before he dies, he gives, tells everyone, Joshua's in charge. You need to listen to him. Remember, Joshua started out, he was born a slave. And he went along with Moses and it shows that he was with Moses in lots of the campaigns, a lot of the things that are going on. When Moses is in the tent of meeting, it says that Joshua was there and that he would stay there. Okay, so Joshua, when he gets the, the mantle of leadership for Israel, he's got the endorsement of Moses, he's got the endorsement of God, and he is the one that gets to go into the promised land to lead and so Joshua is the main character in the book of Joshua, oddly enough. Okay. Interesting side note. Joshua means Yahweh saves. Or the Lord is salvation. It's a very fitting name. In fact, the name Joshua, or in Jewish term, Yeshua is the same name where we get Jesus. Jesus means the same thing. God is, saves. Yahweh saves. Or the Lord is salvation. Both of those interchangeable names. Same name. 
And so it's interesting. We have an Old Testament Yeshua. We have a New Testament Yeshua. And through the whole thing, it says God is salvation. Oh, isn't that awesome? Don't we look at that? All right. So um, let me tell you a few things about Joshua. It's narrative history as a, as a genre. Okay? It's history, but it's not just a story. It's not just narrative. These are true. And they're, they're facts to stand by. We discover things. The more we do archaeological digs, the more we find out that it's all true. I mean, we believe that we, we take it in faith. We take it. But it seems like every time they, they do some sort of dig, they go, oh, I guess the Bible's true. Told you. Anyway, so um, it's believed that, that Joshua was the author of Joshua for the most part. Now, obviously, his death probably wasn't written by Joshua. But we think that Eleazar, the high priest, was the one who finished, completed the book of Joshua. And then, of course, Eleazar dies too, and so his son Phineas. So we think it could possibly have been three authors, Joshua, Eleazar, and Phineas, was the authors of this book. Now, how do we know that it was written? Because there's, there's, there's all these wild ideas out there. Maybe Joshua was written much later because um, it was just trying to stir up obedience. We had some, the idea that some, you know, crazy scribes and, and um, um, wanted to make sure that people got obedience so they wrote it. I'm not sure where that comes from because if you... Interior evidence is the fact that Joshua, when he writes, many times you'll see when you're reading it this, these next couple of weeks, it'll say, and it's this name to this day. And we find that it's later on the names have been changed, but up to that point it was named, or it's for that particular time. That's identifying the period of time which was written. And we, we, we know that it was written between the time of Moses' death up at Mount Nebo and them um, on the other side of the, of the Jordan before they entered into the Promised Land. Okay? So, and maybe Joshua wrote it toward the end of his life, sort of summing up of things because he talks about um, what happened when they, when they crossed over, talks about the campaigns in the central part of Canaan, then it goes into the southern part, and then up to the northern part, and then the distribution of the land. So let's look at that first map. Have we got it? Okay. No map. All right. I'll wait. While we're talking about this, ooh, it got dark. Oh, here we go. So, when we talk, when you read Joshua, this area right here is known as the promised land, okay, in general. You have the dividing line of the Jordan River, and you already have three um, tribes of Israel that have already gotten their piece of land. They liked the land. They said, hey, we have lots of, we have lots of, of um, livestock. This is a great place for livestock. We want to settle here. And then Moses says, wait a minute. You got your land, but you need to go. The, the fighting men need to go and help conquer. You need to cross the Jordan. Otherwise, 
you don't get this land. And so the three tribes, the half tribe of Manasseh, Gad, and Reuben have already, their families have already sort of settled. And so Joshua begins right here at the Jordan. And they're getting ready to cross. And so the first couple chapters get pretty exciting because there's some there's amazing things that happen. Um, Joshua actually actually talks with um, the commander of God's army that will go and fight for them. Many people say that's uh, a theophany of Jesus. I'm not so sure, but and they, they go and they take on Jericho. And that's their first conquest. And we'll read about that this week. It'll be really exciting. And then they go on to another town called Ai. Now, one of the strange things about if you, if you think of Joshua and you think of Judges and you think of Ruth, all of them have this sort of theme about curses and blessings. The blessings come when you obey God, when you obey his law that he's already presented. And if you obey it, then you will be blessed. Now, does God bless them because they obey? Or the very laws themselves bring about a blessing in obedience? The answer is yes. Okay? Also, oftentimes God gave them the promised land even before, and they were stubborn, obstinate people. Sometimes he blesses despite you, <laughs> you know? And so we have those blessings. And then we have curses in the fact that they don't obey God. And things happen where God says, I can't bless you because you, you're do, living in obedience. Okay? And when we get to I, you'll, get, you'll discover that one. Because after Jericho, there is a gentleman who keeps some of the proceeds that he shouldn't have. And it causes defeat. And Joshua is aghast. Ah, I thought we were just supposed to take this land. And God said, you need to obey. So there's blessings and curses. Then you even get to Ruth who um, Naomi is a key character in the, in the book of Ruth, and she sees herself being cursed by God because her husband died, her two sons died, and she's like, I'm, I'm cursed. And then um, things happen where she's not so cursed. Okay? So, there's our, there's our first map. Um, let me tell you a little, little more about Joshua. Let me give you some key verses. I've identified, I mean, there's other key verses, but these are my key verses, as the case may be. First, let's look at Joshua 1.7. Joshua, it says this, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. And that's found in Joshua 1. This is God speaking to Joshua. This is giving him a mandate. You need to go. You need to be strong. You need to be courageous. And you need to obey everything that I told Moses and that he's passed on to you. Now, we'll go in length about that next week. It's just a little preview of what I'm going to be talking about next week. And then... In Joshua 24, 15, you have Joshua now here toward the end of his life. When Joshua took the reins of, of leadership in Israel, he was about 90 years old. 
and he dies of a old age of 110. So Joshua covers about 20 years, 20 years of conquest of the promised land, okay? And at the end of his life, he says this. This is Joshua 24, 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, he's speaking to the nation of Israel, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And by the Lord, he means Yahweh. You guys can serve whatever you want. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Important, important key verses. Okay? So if you look at Joshua, I think Joshua can be divided. Again, a lot of this stuff is just my study, my, work, my research, my reading of Joshua. I think Joshua can be divided into three parts, three sections as the case may be. Joshua's one, uh, one through four. Um, this is where Joshua enters the promised land. It's his initial um, leadership. He gets, an, he gets an endorsement um, by an angel of the Lord. He begins to be in obedience. He encourages the, the children of Israel to be in obedience. And then he meets um, a very interesting character in Rahab, who's a prostitute. And later on we discover that she is part of the lineage of Jesus, which is really interesting. So that's the first section. Then the second section, which is probably chapters 5 through 12, this is Joshua following God's orders. And then they, they begin to act and be able to... We see the small group of Israel, even though it's a big nation as people go, but by far they are outnumbered by the people of Canaan, the Amorites. They achieve victory after victory after victory. And we see God moving because in obedience they are doing what, what God has asked them to do. And so all this time from Abraham all the way down to here. He's been promising this land, promising this land. And now we're seeing it start coming to fulfillment. And that's encouraging and exciting in the book of Joshua. Okay? And then we get to the third part, which is chapters 13 to 24, which is a little tough to get through because it's just the designation of where each of the tribes and where do they go. Okay? We, we, they, we see where, um, where Reuben is, and we, we, we see where Issachar is, and we see that. So let's look at map number two. Map, okay, that's map one. Okay, map number two. If you look at Joshua, this is where they have conquered as of um, the end of Joshua. This area right here, all this pink area here. So, um, but you see that not all of the land has been conquered of the promised land. All of this is open area and still having other nations within this time. It doesn't get conquered all at once. So, Joshua, one of the things that he encourages the people, finish conquering the land, finishing kicking the evil 
nations out. Okay, but it never really gets done. And then that gets us that gets us to judges. Because it doesn't get done. It doesn't finish. Okay? Joshua says two things. Finish conquering the land and obey the Lord your God. And then we get to the next generation. When we get to judges, they don't complete the conquering and they don't obey the Lord. And we see the pathologies of that. So then we get to the next map. The division of the land. What stands out to me is, okay, here's half tribe of Manasseh on this side. Look how much land they have. And then Manasseh gets this land too. That is a lot. Interesting enough, Manasseh was the firstborn of Joseph. Interesting. Ephraim was the second son of Joseph, and each of them get their own territory. Ephraim becomes leader later on in the northern tribes. But we see, we see Judah right here. We have just a little part here in Benjamin. We have right here Dan, Reuben, and then you have, you have the tribes up here. Ishkar, Zebulun, Asher, Naphtali. And so you have these areas that are, are supposed to be filled in. Dan right here is a big one. This is, this is really interesting. Dan is right up, okay, right up against the Philistines. They are supposed to take the land. They're supposed to fill in. What happens to Dan is they go, oh, they're too tough. And they end up going all the way up here and settling up here. And so when we get into Samuel, and we, we see in Judges, Samson, who's from Dan, continually fighting the Philistines, the Philistines end up being oh, a pain in Israel's side for years. Because Dan never did what they were supposed to do. And so, then Dan ends up sitting about right up here. Which is really interesting. All right, so then we get into Judges. We get, we get into the, the book of Judges. Now, we, Joshua did not write Judges. We believe that Samuel wrote Judges. Okay? The prophet um, Samuel. To sort of sum up what happens when you don't follow the Lord. Okay? And so, um, there's a couple of key verses in Judges, but... If you, if, you, if you look at Judges, the reason why it's called Judges is because it's a list and a narrative history of a number of quote-unquote deliverers. The, 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 the word in Hebrew that is named means deliverers or saviors. And so um, it's a list and showing out what's going on. After Joshua and the generation of the initial children of Israel crossing, seeing God move, doing great work, taking a large portion of the land, the next generation isn't told about God, isn't told to follow God, and they start following their neighbors and their gods 
and they start doing crazy, wicky, wacky stuff that God never intended for them to do. And so he brings, lets some of their enemies come and invade them and cause them trouble and enslave them back when, where they originally came from in Egypt in the first place. And then they cry out to God. And God raises up a deliverer to help restore the land to Israel. Oddly enough, there are 12, again, 12 deliverers. And some have long stories, some have really small stories, but there are 12. Interesting. And they're, they're from various, so the various tribes, not all the tribes are covered, but they're, they're and it's really interesting. So let's look at the map of Joshua. Here we go. So these are the 12 names and where they're from. So you see Samson, he was a Danite, okay? And you get to see some of these other ones. Gideon was from the tribe of Manasseh. And so you have all of them, they have raised up during this time at various times, and it becomes very cyclical, okay? God blesses them, they have the land, they start disobeying God, they start following other gods, they get put into some sort of um, taken over or slaved them, and then a, a deliverer, a savior, is brought up, raised, and they kick the foreigners out, and then they go back to disobeying again. And it's, it's like, somebody, I can't believe this, don't they know what's going on? But like we, when we taught judges a few years ago, that's what's going on here in the same country of America. So there's, there's our, our maps here. And we can, we can see the, 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 as we do it, we have little areas of land where when we get to the end of judges, we see that people have just given up. And they are just doing whatever they want, whatever feels good for them. And it almost causes the tribe of Benjamin to be completely wiped out. And this is where we see Dan going from here up to the northern part and settling in almost complete idolatry. Here are a couple of key verses. Judges 2, 16 through 19. Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of these raiders. Yet they would not listen to their judges, but prostituted themselves to other gods and worshipped them. They quickly turned from the ways of their ancestors who had been obedient to the Lord's commands. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge for them, he was with the judge and saved them out of their hands of their enemies as long as the judge lived. For the Lord relented because of their groaning under those who oppressed and afflicted them. But when the judge died, the people returned to ways even more corrupt than those of their ancestors, following other gods and serving and worshiping them, and they refused to give up their evil practices in stubborn ways. So you see the cycle. This in early, early on in Judges, they're telling you this is what's going to happen. So each judge, as, it, as he 
he or she steps up and does these amazing things, you know it's going to go back to apostasy, disobedience, and there's going to be a need for another judge. Okay. The other key verse is the last verse in Judges 21-25. In those days Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. Meaning, did what felt good. Did what, what, what I should do. Rather than looking to God's word, his law, and obeying it. Because okay? we all have a tendency to do that. Acting on impulse rather than on the way God has told us to live. So, Judges can be divided into three sections. Chapters 1 through 3, we talk about, it's sort of an introduction, talk about the Israelites and their failing to keep their part of the covenant. And then, chapters 3 through 7, we have the cycle of the sin, of sin, rescue, worship, sin, continue, rescue, worship, sin, continue, constantly, And then chapters 17 through 31, we see Israel slumping into a horrid state of moral demise and ruin. Predominantly, we have the tribes of Dan, represented um, by Samson, who even though he's a judge, he's morally bankrupt. Okay? He's, He's incredibly stupid when it comes to women. And Ultimately, it leads to his imprisonment and death. And then we have the strange stories of this concubine of a man who is basically raped all night and and dies at the doorstep. And the man's so upset that he cuts her into 12 pieces and sends them to all the tribes. And everybody gets up in arms about it, and they almost wipe out um, the book of the, the tribe of Benjamin, down to 600 men. Which, um, it's amazing what sin does. Sin just gets you in places that you never thought you'd be, and causes devastation that you never thought would happen. And that's a great book. And then we get to Ruth. And can I tell you, I can't wait for Ruth. I, oh, I know we need to do this in order. I'd love to start with Ruth. Because Ruth is an amazing book. And I love, I think it's a great piece of literature. I think it's amazing. And it's during the time of the judges. So it's a specific time. Okay, and so we see Naomi and her husband, because the, um, there's a famine going on, and maybe God's judgment, they leave Israel and go down to Moab. Okay? And then he, he marries off his two sons to Moabite women, which is sort of against the law, according to God's law. But he's living down there. Then the, the father dies, the two sons die, and all that's left is three women. You've got Naomi, the mother-in-law, and then you've got Ruth, and you've got another 
uh, Moabite woman. And so what Naomi does is says, listen, I'm going to go back to my homeland in Israel, and I'm going to die. I'm a, I'm a widow. I've been cursed by God. I'm going to see if there's any family members that will take me in. And you guys are young. Go remarry. Do whatever. Best of luck to you. And one says, okay. The other one says, no. Here. Ruth 1, 16 through 17. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me. And that's the Lord as in Yahweh. She's speaking of the God that's going to be her God. Lord, deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you from me. And this is an amazing story because what happens with Ruth is that she has seen them living out, even though as imperfect as they are, the following of Yahweh. And they say, and she's realized, I need to stick with Naomi because she's got the true God. And I'm going to go with him. Even though I'm going to be a foreigner, even though I don't know anybody, I've never been to your homeland, which turns out to be Bethlehem. And it's better that I'm with you following Yahweh. And because of that, we see some amazing things going on. We get introduced to a guy by the name of Boaz. He seems like a pretty cool guy. And we see the idea of the law living out in the kinsman redeemer. I mean, wow, that happens. And then at the very end, chapter 4, we get this revealing, oh, by the way, this Moabitess, this foreign woman, is the great-grandmother of David the king. What? And so we, it's an amazing story. I'm excited about doing it. But let's look at the map of Ruth. There we go. So down here, see, you see the Dead Sea, right? Down here is Moab. This is Ammon in this area right here. This is Moab. Now, we've heard from Moab before when we were studying numbers. Do you remember Balak? Balak gets Balaam and says, I want you to curse these people. He's the king of Moab. It's not friendly. Okay? And the Midianites and the Moabites cause Israel to sin. And there is a plague that breaks out. So this is not... It would be like, can anything good come out of Moab? You know? It's like, can anything good come out of Texas? Uh, I'm just kidding. Actually, there were some good things coming out of Texas. I think Chris Pierce is from Texas, isn't he? Okay, anyway. So, so they're down here. So, because down right here is about Bethlehem, which is the homeland right here of the Judah. This is where the tribe of Judah is, all in this area right here. They traveled down 
and lived for a number of times. Their sons got married, and then when all that's left is just these two ladies, and they transfer, they go back, and they settle in. And because the law has said that you need to take care of your relatives, if someone loses their husband early on, you're supposed to take care of them, maybe see about getting a remarriage going on. So there's so much that we can cover here in Ruth. So oh, you've got three books that are exciting. They will keep you glued to your Bible and is still relative and relevant to today. So, are you going to get your book? Are you going to get your bookmark? Are you going to get your PDF? Do it. And let's read the Bible together. And I can't wait to tell you next week about Joshua. Sound good? Have I encouraged you? Have I told too much? Maybe not. Okay. So why don't you stand? Oh, man, look at that. 40 minutes on the dot. (laughs) Jeremy, if you're listening, I got it in 40 minutes, dude. All right. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for all that you do for us. You're an amazing God. And this history that we are studying, that's things happened. It says, the word of God says, that we might have an example of how to live. Father God, help us to follow your ways. Help us to have clean hands, a pure heart. Let's not lift our souls to another as we sang today, Lord. Help us and guide us. Help us to stay motivated. Help us to continue to encourage each other in the word. Lord God, you've given us this word. Your message to us. Throughout time, Lord, help us have that relationship with you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.